Thanks for joining us for today's message. We encourage you to email us and let us know what God is currently doing in your life. Or if you'd like to support the ministry financially, you can do so here on our website. For now, we hope you enjoy this message. Thanks for tuning in today. Why don't all the fathers stand? And I'm just going to go ahead and pray to get started here. Amen. All the fathers in the house stand. Some of you have on your hats today. We allow it today. I know that some of you just want to honor God and, and not have a hat on, but it's okay. Okay? <laughs> Praise the Lord. Father, we come to you in the name of Jesus. We come before you and we love you, Lord. Um, we thank you and we honor you even more as we celebrate this earthly uh, Father's holiday. And, and we're thankful for all that you've done. Father, I ask you to bless all of these fathers. Protect them. Lead them by your spirit. Lead them into righteousness and show them your heart, Father. Speak to them and help them to lead their family so that these families can be blessed by you. Give them spiritual direction. And through their obedience to you, Prosper them, Father, financially. Prosper them in everything they set their hand to do as they provide for their families. And we thank you for that. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for today. This is the day that you have made. This is the day of salvation. Hallelujah. And we thank you that you have provided for us a house, a house the house of the Lord, just like in the old, you provided Moses with the tabernacle and and uh, David and Solomon with the temple and on to the synagogues and the house of God, which today we know as the church. Hallelujah, your house. Um, and we praise you for that, Lord. Thank you that, that we could come and that we could gather together and be strengthened by one another, even as in that video, be strengthened by relationships, but most of all, be strengthened by you. In Jesus' name, we thank you, Father. You may be seated. Hallelujah. Well, in Scripture, there are, thank you, in Scripture, there are many different ways uh, to describe God. While all are important, there's different uh, names for God. And, uh, but there is one that is most, I think, significant uh, besides all the other names of God. And in understanding how he relates, this name helps us understand how he relates to his people. Um, and that is Abba, Father. Hallelujah. The word Abba actually comes from an aromatic word that means father or even more explicitly daddy. So Abba Father is the name of God that we express as his children in, 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 in accounting for that we are his children, that we receive that love of his fatherhood and all that he's done for us. It's just like a little child crawling up to your lap and calling you daddy. That's what Abba Father means. Amen. It uh, was a common term that expressed, that expressed affection, uh, confidence, and trust. That's what Abba stands for as father. It signifies the close, the intimate relationship of a father and his child. 
Amen? So daddy, he is truly, and we should see him as daddy. Amen? And um, uh, so as, as well as it means a, that childlike trust that a little child has in his daddy. And in scripture, Abba is always followed by father. So in the New Test, this is a term in the New Testament. And um, the scripture, uh, one of the scriptures is in Mark, the 14th chapter, verse 36. Jesus addresses his father as Abba Father. He was addressing him and acknowledging his dad. Amen? And uh, so he addresses him as Abba Father as he cries out to him in the Garden of Gethsemane. And then in Romans 15, Abba Father is mentioned in relationship that uh, in relationship to the Spirit's work uh, in us of adoption. Uh, that makes us God's children. Uh, Jesus was the son of God. And through salvation, the scripture tells us we are joint heirs with Jesus. So we become, uh, because of supernatural, uh, our supernatural God, we become like he is and children of God, God's children or um joint heirs with Jesus. Just stop and think about how profound that is to be joint heirs with Jesus. Hallelujah. To be joint heirs with Jesus. Then in uh, Galatians 4, 6, it says, again, it speaks of the Spirit's uh, work in our hearts, which cries out, Abba, Father. When you need a daddy so close, cry out to him, Abba. Abba, Father, I come to you as your child, as your dear dear children. Amen? And so together the term Abba, Father doubly exemplifies or expresses the fatherhood of God and his children. Let's just look up and honor God for that. Thank you, Lord. We honor you today as our heavenly father, as a father, daddy, in spiritual things in the spiritual realm and all that you did for us, all that you made us. Hallelujah. Now, many might claim that we are all God's children. How many have heard that? Oh, we're all God's children. We're all children of God. But that isn't biblical truth. Biblical truth is different. We are all God's creation under his authority and his lordship. And all will be judged by him someday. So we are all his, his creation. But biblically, we're not, not everybody is his family, is his children, are God's children. Amen? The right to be called a child of God and to call him Abba Father is something that only the born-again believer or born-again Christians have part in. Amen? John 1 in verse 12 and 13 says, But as many as received him, to him 
gave them the right to become the children of God. To those who believe his name, who are born not of blood or of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of men, but of God. They are the children of God. They are the ones who cry out, Abba, Father. The way Jesus did when he was in great need of a father to encourage him in the Garden of Gethsemane. Amen? Hallelujah. Praise God. And of course, there's other places. John 3, uh, 1 through 8, of course. We know of the uh, story of Nicodemus, the Pharisee. Uh, when he very much a, a part of Judaism came to Jesus wanting to know uh, what it meant to be born again and how he would, how could I come out of my body and be uh, my mother's body a second time. And of course, Jesus uh, very eloquently explained being born again. And the word born again is in scripture there. I'm not going to go into that whole story. I don't have time, but you can read that. These are good things to refresh yourself on. Amen. And in Romans 4, 8, Galatians 4, 7, also deals with us being adopted into the family of God, into God's family as his dear children. Hallelujah. So part of this new relationship uh, is that now God deals with us not as a wayward creation or evil creation or, or sinful creation. Now God deals with us and it's important to him his, as his family. He deals with us as his dear children. Amen? And um, that's important to him. Family's important to God. And the church of Jesus Christ is God's family, amen? Which uh, the church of Jesus Christ is made up of families. Made up of families that should be a picture of the kingdom of God, amen? Our homes should, should depict uh, Abba Father and God and Jesus Christ. He's counting on strong families. And you think of all that he did for him to have strong families and all that he gave us, you know, uh, all the examples and experiences in the Old Testament. And of course, over in Hebrews, it says all those things, even though we may not like them, even though it does not seem like a loving God, but in their state, fallen state and sinful state, God had to deal with them from that point of view, and uh, so that he could bring his son Jesus into the earth, and he could start to bring cre his creation back to himself and to become his family. Amen? Hallelujah. And so uh, uh, families committed to him, we should be making sure we're teaching our family what it means to be a joint heir with Jesus. Amen? To be a part of the family of God. And um, just think of it. This is the structure unit. This is the structured unit that God established to build nations or even more, to build his church. Because from the very beginning, God was all about the family. And even before uh, he instituted his church or the place of worship, the gathering place, he instituted the family. 
He created the family. And, and so the family is very important. And um, quickly, if you want to turn to, let's see, Ephesians, the fifth chapter, verse 5. And this scripture kind of stuck out to me because I'm really just building a little foundation for a different direction I'm going, okay? But I wanted us to really recognize and, and take to heart the fact that God is Abba, Father, Daddy, and honor him today as well. Amen? So in uh, Ephesians verse 5, it says, Be therefore, therefore be imitators of God as dear children. Be imitators of God. Everyone was created by God uh, and uh, were made in his image and his likeness. All of us. And we were created to mirror the image and to reflect him. That's what we were created for, amen? That's what Jesus came for. And that is to imitate the creator. Now, at this point in biblical history, uh, or uh, um, yeah, at this point in biblical history, which is now, because of Jesus, Paul says, Imitate, imitate God as dear loving children of him. Imitate him, uh, not as, he didn't say imitate God as dear, his dear creation. No, because of Jesus, he says imitate God as his dear children or as his family. So really to be imitators of God, we must not only receive uh, but and follow Christ, but be imitators of Christ as he followed God. And he tells us in scripture how he followed God, but also he was the word of God and he is the living word. So the word is full of how we should be imitators of God. We shouldn't be able to miss it, amen? So my goal this morning is to talk to you about really, since it's Father's Day, the role of husband and the father's role uh, in the family as in Scripture, and specifically how the father, the father, Abba Father, specifically has called uh, us to imitate Christ who imitates God, and specifically we're talking about the father's role. Now, there were three offices in the Old Testament, three offices, and that was prophet, priest, and king. And um, it was, they also represented the threefold ministry of Jesus, prophet, priest, and king. So in the Old Testament, he's actually the subject of the object of what he would become in the New Testament. Amen a prophet, priest, and king. And so in the Old Testament, there are differences between prophet and priest. Um, and it was this, both prophet and priest, to begin with, were mediators. They stood between God and the people. But the prophet spoke to the people for God. 
The prophet uh, was an agent of revelation. The prophet was a mouthpiece for God who could preface everything he said as thus saith the Lord because he was the mouthpiece of God to the people. And um, the, uh, in contrast, the priest spoke to God on behalf of the people. The prophet spoke to the people on behalf of God. But the priest spoke to God on behalf of the people. And um, it's significant to know what his ministry was in that. And his was the ministry of intercession and of prayer. And he would intercede on behalf of the people. And he would offer up the sacrifices for the sins of the people so God could receive his people. Amen? And so that was the differences in the prophet and the priest. Um, and of course, then the, there was the third office. And you know what that was? That was the office of the king. And the king did not reign sovereignly. The king was chosen actually, well, by God, but then God spoke through the prophet who would declare, thus saith the Lord, who the next king would be. And the prophet would go find that person and anoint them with oil and set them apart to that ministry or that office of the king. And um, he did not reign he wasn't authoritarian either. Actually, the prophet was more authoritarian. But the king was subject to the prophet and represented the rule of God. He re and he was to demonstrate the justice of God. And he was uh, to demonstrate and show the people the compassion of God. Amen? And most of all, he was to demonstrate and show the people the role, uh, the righteousness of God in his role as king. And of course, you know, and I know that many of them throughout the Old Testament uh, rarely was that the case. Did they, rarely did they live up to what they had been anointed for and had gotten off. But there was a few, praise God, amen. And so we noticed that uh, the prophets looked forward. They were always prophesying and looking forward to Christ. And um, uh, they spoke that one would come. They spoke of him, that one would come in time. And that was the subjects of, subject of prophecy throughout the, the Old Testament. Um, and they spoke of how he would be the incarnation of God. They, he would be the sin bearer of the people and the long-awaited Messiah. Hallelujah. The subject of prophecy was Christ in the Old Testament. Amen. So now fast forward into the New Testament. Hallelujah. I hope I'm not boring you. Everybody's... <laughs> Hallelujah. But, you know, sometimes it's good just to get some outline, amen, of the Bible. But um, so fast forward to the New Testament. We see Christ himself now comes on the scene and he appears as prophet. The object 
of the Old Testament becomes the subject of the New Testament. Amen? And he becomes the prophet, um, the, the prophesied one from the, the Old Testament. He is, he becomes and is now the living word, which I mentioned earlier. And he says, here's what Jesus said. And, and there's many references. He said, I speak nothing on my own authority, or I don't speak of myself. He said, but all that the Father declares to me, I reveal to you, prophet. Amen? Prophet. So he is the spokesman for God, the Father, and he is the Word, hallelujah, and in the New Testament, we're to follow Christ as he follows God. Amen? Hallelujah. And so as we look to his ministry then as priest, we see the same thing, the fulfillment of what the priest of old, what his job and what he did. We see Jesus fulfill uh, what the Old Testament priest offered sacrifice for the sins of the people. But think about it. In the New Testament, Christ is the perfect sacrifice, the Son of God, and, and uh, offered this for the sins of the people, nobody else but himself, what he was sent to do. Amen? And finally, Jesus was the total and perfect fulfillment of the Davidic king, in the Old Testament, he was shepherd king, he was servant king, hallelujah, who redeems the people over which he rules. And so he fulfilled prophet, priest, and king. And then in scriptures, as, as it tells us to follow Jesus as he followed God, uh, I could get much deeper into the fact that um, the fathers as head of the homes have been given that same call and anointing to be like Jesus is prophet, priest, and king over the church to be prophet, king, prophet, priest, and king over their homes. Hallelujah. And so I want to go to if back, uh, Ephesians 5, back to Ephesians 5, where um, we read, therefore be imitators of God as dear children and walk in love. That's the first thing he tells us to do as being an imitator of God as dear, dear children is to walk in love. As Christ also loved us and gave himself for us, an offering and a sacrifice to God for a sweet-smelling favor, uh, aroma, um, which was his life. He gave his life to us. Amen. But I'm going to skip over. There's, there's a lot of that. I don't have time to go into. I'd love to go into teaching on more of that. But I want to go over to verse 25, where now it says, husbands, love your wives, just as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for her. What's he saying? Over in verse 1, he's saying, be an imitator. 
be an imitator of Christ as he gave himself for her, that he might sanctify and cleanse her with the washing of the water of the word. He's to bring the word to the household. And of course, because God's plan was we had a wife first and then children, he's dealing with how the, the husband, as prophet, priest, and king of his home, is to minister to his wife to have things in order and be imitators of God. And so he would bring, he, he fills himself with the word. The father is called to fill yourself with the word. And many times we see this flipped and father would rather go fishing and have mom bring the word to the kids. <laughs> that wasn't God's plan. The father is to bring the word. That's not that you have to sit down and preach a message to them but just maybe in the morning or in the afternoon or at the end of dinner, have your Bible handy and say, well, before we get up, I just want to read this scripture and it be something that, Father, you could minister to your family, your children, and bring them the word, amen? Uh, by the washing of the water of the word, that he might present her to himself a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that she should be holy and without blemish. So husbands ought to love their own wives as their own bodies, for he, loves, uh, for he who loves his wife loves himself. But he could go on to say, and is an imitator of Jesus Christ, because it showed us how he loved the church. You know what? You shouldn't even want there to be any blemish or wrinkles, which you could interpret as your wife having problems or uh, uh, being overloaded or overburdened or uh, full of care or having to carry so much uh, based on the home or whatever. And today, almost every woman works, moms work. Praise God if you are, are staying home with your children I think that's God's best, but today, and I'll just say this, after the 50s, when they decided, you know, back in the 50s of the father knows best days, uh, fathers went to work and they only paid probably one to one and a half percent income tax off their salaries. So they brought home a lot more. Today, we're giving out what? 30%, in some cases, 40% of your income and mom has to go to work to make that up. So we should pray that away. At least a flat tax. Okay, I'm out of politics. Flat tax would be good though. <laughs> Praise the Lord. And so um, he's talking about being imitators of Christ, even in this passage. Um, as uh, Are you to love them, fathers or husbands, as much as... Um, are you to love them as much as you love yourself? Or as much as they love you? No. No. He doesn't even mention that. You know, a great uh, call is placed on a husband and a father. And, and that's why it's an important thing for the wife and mother to be praying for him, praying for him, and uh, help, 
helping him spiritually in that way because of your prayers for him. Uh, and that is how you imitate God and the love of Christ. And so I want to, again, I'm going to just go on down to, let's see, um, children. Let's see, to 33. I guess I read through 33, didn't I? Oh, no, I didn't. For no one ever hated his own flesh, but nourished it and cherished it. He's still talking about the husband's ministry to the wife, and that carries on to the children, just as the Lord does the church. For we are members of his body, of his family, of his uh, flesh and his bones. For this reason, a man shall leave his father and his mother and be joined to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. You know, um, that goes way back to the beginning of Adam and Eve, that scripture, and it's uh, brought forth in scripture a couple more times. Never does it put the responsibility on the wife. It puts the responsibility on the husband and says, leave your father and mother. Come on now, men, leave mom's apron strings and, you know, leave them. And because you know what? You're to be looking to God. You're to be seeking God. Amen? That's why the old saying, uh, a son is a son till he takes a wife, but a daughter is a daughter all of her life. Because in scripture, it tells the son to leave father and mother. Now, you, it's between you and God as the head of the house, and you love your wife. You don't follow what mama says, you know, well, she should be doing this, she should be doing that, you know, no. But then the, the woman's mother is one who's going to continue, like it says in Titus, to nurture and to help and um, to be there for the daughter learning all that role as wife and mother of a household. Amen? And so that's important. And then it goes on to verse uh, chapter 6. Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and your mother, which is the first commandment with promise. Now, especially, I think we have uh, junior high kids to senior high kids here. This is so important for you because he said, honor them. It's the first commandment with promise. That is the first commandment of the Ten Commandments. And he says, with promise. What's the promise? And he goes on to say that, with promise, that it may be well with you and you may live a long life on the earth. See, when you're not honoring your father and mother, um, you open up the door for the devil to come in and attack, could attack your whole family, could attack your parents, but could attack you. And, um, well, I could go into some things I'd done with child training, but I don't have time for that. Uh, it says, and fathers, do not provoke your children to wrath, but bring them up in the training and admonition of the Lord. So many times, fathers that aren't walking with the Lord, they're not in the word, they're not praying, they're not listening to the voice of God as they should to speak forth to their uh, families' lives, to their children's lives. And therefore, um, they're going a different way, but demanding something else of their children. And um, that's not right. But even as you've seen in these videos, um, the 
the testimonies of the children loving their parent and the parent being an example of godliness and Christ in the home to the children, that's teaching and training them up. And there's a difference between teaching and training your children. Don't give your children over to, oh, well, the church Sunday school, they can teach them the word. Or, or the Christian school I pay for, they can teach them the word. They can get their Christian values there. No, that, it won't work that way. It won't work that way. I mean, that's an important help, and it's an important, you know, um, part of teaching and training, but you have to be bringing them the word and teaching them the word, and then training them up in the way they should go, training them to, to be a part of God's house, to be there at church, to serve in church, to bring tithes or offerings. We always taught our kids to bring tithes and offerings. They didn't leave the house on Sunday or Wednesday without bringing from their own resources, their piggy banks or whatever, their own billfolds, something for Jesus. And I often think about the story uh, that I heard years ago, and it was uh, a story of a, uh, a woman was telling how um, hurt she was because the, she had a little boy and her husband was a drinker, went wayward and everything, but she was a Christian, but she would send the little boy to church every Sunday. And yet on the other hand, she would send him every Saturday to the movie theater for, and for a quarter he could see a movie. And then on Sunday, the next day was Sunday, she would hand him a nickel or a couple pennies and send him to church and say, give this to the Lord. Well, he did end up going wayward and he ended up in prison and she was telling this story uh, because of failures she felt she had done. And she said, I went to visit my son one day and I said, honey, where did I go wrong? Where did I fail you? And he said, well, for one thing, mom, you sent me the movie to the movies and you gave me a quarter and sent me to the movies. And you sent me to church and gave me a couple pennies. I didn't think God was very important. Hmm. And it's important for us to let our kids know that as you bring a tithe, as you bring an offering, I don't care if it's they only have a dime, you tell them to bring a penny. As you teach them that principle, they're learning to sow into their future, um, into the treasure of heaven and into their future. And that's something I think so many parents forget today. They're tithing, so that's all okay. But you're to be training your children as well. Amen? Sorry, got off a little bit there. But um, anyway, fathers, you are called and you are commissioned by God to bring the word of God to your home, to lead in prayer in your home, uh, lead your wife and lead your children. And um, not retreat from that obligation. You know, I'm not here to put more burden on you. I'm, I'm here to tell you the things the Lord told me to tell you. To lighten your load. And to bring blessing not only upon you and everything you set your hand to do. But to also bring blessing upon your family, your home, and your children. And you will be a lighthouse to the neighborhood around you.
as well. Amen? So um, just remember that. Not only are you called in imitating Jesus, you're not only called to the prophetic role, to the priestly role uh, in your home, but you are called to kingship in your home. And, you know, every, the, you know, we know the saying, a man's home is his castle. Well, that is biblical, really, because you are called to be king of your home. And that's to um, administer righteousness and the rule of God's laws and, and the things that God leads us in so we can be blessed to be a blessing. Amen? And so don't forget about your ministry to your family as priest, ministry to intercede for them, to pray for them, and, and, and uh, not, only love, not only have fun and games with them, not only, you know, well, what are we going to do today to make our kids happy, and where are we going to go tomorrow, and what are we going to do now, what are we going to, well, how about we're going to sit down and pray, but also in your own time to have times of intercession for them. And co that's covering your home. That's covering your family, covering your children. And then through that ministry of prophet, you'll find God speaking to you about this child or that child and encourage them maybe in this talent or that talent or in something they have in their heart to do, to be a blessing to them. But all of these three ministries from the ministry of Christ in the Old Testament where he was the subject to the New Testament where he fulfilled those ministries, he passes them on to us when God said, be imitators, or when Jesus said, be imitators. Even Paul and the apostles says, be imitators of me as God's dear children. Amen. And so that means in the Father's role to imitate. Amen to imitate what um, Jesus' role was. Do you remember the story of Simon Peter and Jesus said, Simon, Simon, I'm, I'm not going to go. I was going to go there, but I'm not going to. The devil desires. See, now the, the 12 disciples Jesus was mentoring and training, uh, were, they were his brothers, really. They were his brethren because they are part of God's family now. They were adopted and they were joint heirs with him. But he would pray for them. And the disciples even came to him once and said, Master, teach us to pray. You know what? You teach, your children need you to teach them to pray. They need that to be a part of their life. Riley and I were talking the other day, and she goes, yeah. we were talking about when her and Connor would come. It was probably before, or Ella might have been a little baby. But she remember when we would kneel down in the living room, and we'd kneel down, and I would give them these big, fat, plastic um, um, microphones, kids' microphones, and really all what they did was they echoed, you know, when they'd speak in. And we'd all get down, we'd sit, and, and I'd start out in prayer, but then pretty soon we'd be praying in tongues, and Connor would be, and Riley would be. Remember, we were talking about that. You know what? The Lord reminded me of that. And that was being an imitator as the intercessor that God called us to be. Amen? But 
When Jesus said to Simon Peter, you know, you're going to deny me, and oh, no, not me, and blah, 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 and he said, Simon, the devil is at hand, and he desires to sift you as wheat. What did Jesus say? But, but, I have prayed for you. But I have prayed for you. So in other words, Satan's not going to get away with it. He's not going to pull you away. He's not going to destroy you. Because I have prayed for you. Jesus, the intercessor. Now we become parents, fathers of, uh, as intercessors. Because your children are very important to God. And they're full of gifts and talents and callings. And the devil desires to sift them as wheat. And if you renege on your obligation before God to be that priest in your home and intercede for them, then the pain will be yours. I see Jerry and Cindy here, and I seen on Facebook what Brady accomplished just this past week. Blake, excuse me. Well, Brady has done great things. <laughs> but Blake, was that just this week? And he's uh, serving in the military, but mostly preparing. And um, he hasn't even been in California long. And he's finished his master's, but was honored with a high honor of having, of, because of his thesis. My goodness, he got the honor because of his thesis. And now is being sent to Pensacola, where he will pursue more training in the military, in the Navy, concerning a pilot. Well, let's praise God. You know, and I said all that to say this because I know there's so many could pop up and say, this happened, my child, this happened. But that didn't come out without much intercession, did it? Interceding a lot for your sons and the other son in the military in a high position of, well, you probably don't even know what he has to do because it's top secret, but that doesn't come without intercession, the priestly intercession in the home and the, the uh, protection that it brings. We live in a day when your kids need protection. Your home needs protection. Amen? Hallelujah. So the devil would like to sift your children as wheat. Don't ever think that unless you are praying for them, if you just want to bless them, bless them, bless them, run around, it's all, but you're not taking the time for that priestly anointing, you uh, are going to be sorry someday. The devil could get in there, and your children could open up the door to the devil. In John 17, there's a scripture that I love, and it's about... Um, uh, Jesus' prayer just before he goes to the cross. Read chapter 17 of John, uh, John's gospel. It is so powerful that years ago the Lord showed us it and we began to pray that over our children. Um, 
and it, it just totally fits from uh, Jesus' uh, God over Jesus, Jesus over the disciples, and he, Jesus even prays for us and intercedes for us. But in the same way, and with a lot of that wordage, you can pray over your children. It's a powerful prayer. Um, amen? So finally, you fathers are called to these three. Uh, and did I touch king? King of the home? Yeah, I think I did. Um, but that is that last office. And I know you like that. I'm a king, you know. I like that. But um, many times there are Ahabs rather than the reign of the Davidical reign of king. And let's not have in the church of Jesus Christ Ahabs. Amen? To reign. And uh, we're called to be imitators of that servant king. Servant king. And that was even in those depicted, I, I saw that when the children or the kids would say, you serve our family, you provide for our family, or, you know, that servant, right away I thought, servant king. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Well, I'm closing um, with, I was going to jump to another scripture, but I see the time and I'm not going to. Um, and my commission to you this morning would be step into those offices. Go and read more in scripture and step into those offices that you're called to. If you don't, if you don't want to have that obligation on your shoulders, go be a eunuch or something. Don't be a father. Because this is what the fathers are called to. This is what you as a father is called to because this is what your family needs. And they will be imitators of you. Like Ron said in the video, well, you were a good father to me, and I just imitate that, you know? Imitate God. Imitate Jesus as he follows God, and imitate children. Let's us, let's the children imitate the fathers and mothers in the home as they imitate God. It all works together to bring the perfect flow and the perfect blessings of God upon your life. I know we live in a day when culture has just flip-flopped everything. And many, many women are raising children alone and doing good jobs of it too and providing. You can step into these offices and God will anoint you to be those things to your children and in your home. And as you obligate yourself to that, I believe God will send you the perfect prophet, priest, and king for your home. Amen? Amen? Praise God. Let's stand to your feet. God cares about families. He cares about families. As a matter of fact, he told Abraham at the very beginning when he said, I can call him the father of many nations. I can speak these things over him because I know one thing. 
I know one thing about Abraham. He will teach and train his children to follow God. So he said, because of that, he said to Abraham, in thee shall all the families of the earth be blessed. God's all about blessing the family. He wants his family blessed. Amen? Hallelujah. Father, how we thank you for families. How we thank you for your perfect plan and how you set us all up as fathers, as wives, and as children and grandchildren. And I thank you that they're all a blessing and we're called to be a blessing. So help us to walk in all that you've called us to be and we will be careful to give you the glory. And now I thank you, Father, that you will bless all of these fathers. Father, that you will anoint them, that you will place within their heart a stronger desire than ever before, no matter what the age of their children, to be that prophet, priest, and king to them. In Jesus' precious name, hallelujah. Thank you for listening to today's message. We'd love for you to join us for our Sunday morning service at 9.30, as well as our midweek service on Wednesday nights at 7.00. Thanks again for listening. Have a great day.